I'm so glad you're here today. Jesus is doing a work in us. He's bringing us up higher to tell us truth, to bring us out of the darkness, of course. Jesus gave his life for you. He bore your sickness, your disease, your sorrow, your pain. He came that you may have life to the full, till it overflows, more than enough. And he wants us to have that. But we are continuing, continuingly, blindedly letting the enemy come in between our Lord and us. Our ignorance will cause us to perish. And so today, he's giving us revelation knowledge. He's here to teach us how to live in his kingdom, how to take that authority we've been given over the enemy. Stop letting him control you. Jesus is jealous that you would even listen to him, that you don't recognize the difference between following after your Lord and Savior and following the enemy. Let's acknowledge Jesus, Jesus. Thank you for teaching us, for telling us, telling us things to come, showing us that we are not ready and all the things that we need to do to prepare for that day. And even to know that our life is being wasted and controlled. We're being manipulated and we don't even know it. Thank you for showing us truth in your name. So Jesus brought me back here today. We were reading Matthew. He said, when the unclean spirit goes out of a man, it roams around through dry places in search of rest and doesn't find any. And Jesus wants to point out, when you made him the Lord of your life, you probably went to him in desperation. That's when most people turn to Jesus. They get desperate or their, their heart is touched by what he did. Or they find out that they need to say this prayer. Whatever the reason, when you go to Jesus, don't take it lightly what he did for you. When you found out he bore your sickness, your disease, your sorrow, your pain, when, when he got on that cross for you, he gave his life for you. He laid down his life for you so you could have an awesome life. An awesome life and even eternal life with him. God loves you so much that he did everything possible to save you. And now we got to take that, what he did for us. We have to do something about the hindrance in our lives. And before we can do that, we got to know there is one. And, and so that's the thing. He wants you to know. It's a big deal. The enemy is really a big deal. He's sneaky. He roams around like a roaring lion. We talked about that. He's looking to devour God's children. And even though you know, even though you know some of this, like, like you read it, but you're still oblivious to the fact that he's roaming around and he is devouring it, it, it makes it that it makes it that Jesus is sad. He he's more than sad. He's grieved, knowing 
that you were following after the enemy and, and not doing anything about it, not seeking Jesus with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, not, not just like going after him like there's no other, not thinking about him all the time, but just really kind of taking for granted what he did for you. And I think sometimes we look at it as, well, he's God and, and he doesn't need me. And um, yeah, I mean, we're, I'm just supposed to sit here and wait for him to come. I mean, we're so ignorant, really, if, if that's what you're thinking. Yeah. If that's what you're thinking, it, it's ignorant of you. This is a real live relationship. It's not just a prayer that you pray and then you get to go to heaven. And I know I say that over and over again, but let it sink in. It, it's not just a prayer. It's a real live relationship and you're committed to Jesus. And you think about him all the time because he thinks about you all the time because he gave his life for you. And he's, he's continuing to do that. His time is spent on you. Um, I meant to finish reading this. So an unclean spirit goes out of man. It roams around. When you're born again, you have a new, you have a new life. You're new on the inside. And there isn't any unclean spirit in you. Satan had to leave. Then it says, I'll go back to my house from which I came out. And when it arrives, it finds a place unoccupied, swept in order and decorated. Just going to finish this before I go on. And then it goes and brings back with its seven other spirits, more wicked than itself. And they go in and make their home there. And the last condition of that man becomes worse than the first. So they also saw so it will be in this wicked generation. And what Jesus is saying to me is today is we get that favor and we we even fall in love with him but we fall away so quickly and we're we're so deceived so quickly and that's because we are not occupying our house our temple with the things of god we we don't acknowledge that we're living this new life and our rooms should be occupied with him. The time, the time is so close for his return. And all that he did for us, he's expecting that, won't you go for me? Will you tell my people? Will you be changed? Will you be recreated? Will you occupy your time for me? But here's the part that stuck out to me, what he was saying. The unclean spirit comes back and it finds a place unoccupied, swept. You clean your house, you put it in order, and it's decorated. So what have you been spending your time doing instead of occupying with Jesus? Not that sweeping your house and decorating it is a bad thing, but when it takes presidency over occupying, when you know that you're in a fight, you're in a war. And so 
is there time to um, put Jesus aside and, and decorate your house first? Clean it? Do all those things that can be a distraction if you haven't put Jesus first? If you're not getting ready for Jesus, you could come. He could, he could come while you're decorating your house. And would you turn around and say, oh, I wasn't ready. I've been occupied with things, with stuff. I was getting ready for Easter, putting up the Easter eggs and, and getting the um, candy and stuff for the kids. And my church is doing this Easter egg hunt. And so we're getting all ready for that. But we weren't getting ready for Jesus. Not only have you offended Jesus and allowed the demons in to make light of what he did for you, you're also tainting your children, teaching them not to honor the Father, the Lord your God not to celebrate what Jesus did for you. But instead, you're decorating for Easter. You got eggs. And Jesus is saying, I did this for you. I love you. I love you. I gave my life for you. Now, if you want to be my disciple, you got to lay it all down. Your own interests, all, all the stuff. And when you do, you won't have demons walking in and out of your house. You won't be celebrating Easter with candy and Easter eggs and going to a spiritually dead church where they celebrate the Easter bunny and they're out for your money. It's truth. I can't even hold it back anymore. It disgusts me. And if it disgusts me, don't you think Jesus is disgusted? Oh, it's okay. It's just a little fun. Get on your knees and ask him if he agrees with that. Is it okay for the kiddos to be celebrating the Easter bunny on the day of the Lord resurrecting from the dead so that you could have eternal life? I guess I'm getting a little upset, but it upsets me because that's not what it's about. And you're letting the enemy control you and lie to you. And you're teaching children to follow the enemy. You're letting demons in your temple. Oh, wow. They're all decorated for Easter. Let's go. Come on in. I was telling Jesus, you took this a little out of context today, but I can see what you're saying. And really, actually, it's not out of context. We are decorating. We're decorating our house. We're cleaning our house. But we're not occupied. Our mind is not occupied with Jesus. It's occupied with an Easter bunny. It's occupied with what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? We're preoccupied. Jesus is coming. We're going to miss him. That's what he's saying. 
And then it goes and brings back with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself. And they go and they make their home there. And the last condition of that man becomes worse than the first. Shall it be with this wicked generation? You know, as you're celebrating Easter or, or Christmas with Santa Claus and Easter Bunny, and then as your kids grow up, they're they're cutting themselves and they're living this life that you have no idea why. Them are demons. You've invited them in to your home. You invited them in to your temple. And you've taught your children how to invite them in. And the demons are constantly talking to your children. Cut yourself. You're ugly. Nobody likes you. You're just a piece of dirt. Kill yourself. And before you know it, your child is going to have killed themselves because they weren't trained to resist the enemy. But they were trained to invite them in. I feel. I feel this. I feel that. You're speaking death in your life. I'm sick. I have cancer. I'm going to die. Is that what Jesus said? Is that why he took those stripes? So you could be sick and die? You're believing the lie of the enemy because he's in your temple and you're meditating on that. If you're meditating on the word, you wouldn't be saying things that cause death. And you wouldn't be inviting demons in. You'd be keeping your temple clean, clean and filled with a spirit filled with the Holy Spirit, teaching your children to resist the enemy, to not live by how they feel, to not give in to their flesh, but to follow after the Spirit. You'd be teaching them the truth. Anyone who causes one of these little children to sin, you might as well tie a, a milestone around your neck and jump into the sea. That's a pretty scary statement. You're responsible for your children. Get rid of the eggs. Go get a hunt and burn them all. Go do an Easter egg hunt. Get them all in a pile and burn them. And don't go to a church that is teaching a lie. Jesus says there's many false prophets. Don't listen to them. You can't blame your church. Jesus gave his life, God's spirit, is available. If you love him, he is going to ask the Father. And his spirit will come and live on the inside of you, and he'll tell you it's wrong. But then the enemy will come and say, it's okay. It's okay. It's just a little fun for the children. Yeah. And Halloween. It's a pretty scary sight. What the Christians are letting their kids dress up to be. If you were a Christ follower, you wouldn't be decorating your temple with the things of the enemy. You're allowing him in your life. You're allowing sickness, disease, and disease in your life, death. 
oppression, depression, unforgiveness. Those are all evil things. And when you live that life, you're going to be thrown out where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Jesus wants you to know this today. This is truth. When it goes and brings back with its seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they go in and make their home there. And the last condition of that man is worse than the first. For if they, after they have escaped the pollutions of the world, through the full personal knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, they again become entangled and them uh, and are overcome. Their last condition is worse for them than the first. For never to have obtained a full personal knowledge of the way of righteousness would have been better for them having obtained such knowledge to turn back from the holy commandment which was verbally delivered to them. There has befallen them the things spoken of the true proverb. The dog turns back to his own vomit and the sow is washed only to wallow again in the mire. Be careful. Be careful what you do. Be careful what you listen to. Even that revelation knowledge that you had will be taken from you by force. The enemy is forceful. He he wants your soul. There is a real fight for your soul and your children's soul. And such a time as this, it's going to be the worst ever. The enemy is fighting hard to steal God from you. You've got to make a choice. You've got to make it quickly, and you've got to be fully committed. If you choose Jesus, you've got to be fully committed to him. No turning back. Take him seriously. Look what he did for you. And what are you doing? This is a time of grace, but we're close to the time of change. Not everyone who calls me Lord will enter into the kingdom of heaven. But those who do the will of my Father, if you're not doing as well, you're not going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. If, you're, if your temple is full of the enemy, you're certainly not doing God's will. Have no other gods before me. That means no Easter bunny, no eggs, nothing. Because then you're following after the enemy. Jesus is coming. Not everyone who calls him Lord. You might be calling him Lord, teaching your kids about Jesus and and inviting the demons to join you. And you're going to be saying, but Lord, I thought it was okay. Really? Really, Lord? I mean, what's wrong with it? It's just a little fun for the kids. A little fun for the kiddos. Teach them the truth. We're in a fight for our life. Life and death are in the power of your tongue. What are you saying? What are you doing? 
Who are you following? Then he's going to say, away from me. I never knew you. Can you imagine, just for a minute with me, Jesus sitting in the front pew in church and, and getting all excited about the Easter eggs and um, the Easter egg hunt and eating some chocolates himself. I can't. I can imagine him casting out demons and laying hands on the sick and turning the tables. This is a house of prayer. And what are you turning it into? It's scary to think that people that call themselves Christians don't know this. That their mind is preoccupied with the enemy. How can this be happening? By not paying attention to what you hear. You can't put your faith in a pastor, a false prophet. You have your own relationship with Jesus. Trust him. Go to him. Listen to that still, small voice. He's not going to force himself on you. You got to choose him. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey me. In other words, if you love me, you'll care about me. And then I'll ask the Father and he'll send the Spirit and he'll live on the inside of you. We'll make our home within you. And then entrust you with our authority. I've given you power and authority to take, to cast out demons, take authority over them, to lay hands on the sick, to raise the dead. Not to do an Easter hunt. So if you want him to come and live on the inside of you and be your God, if you want to serve him, if you want eternal life, if you want to do his work, he needs you to stand up for him, to do his work, not the work of the enemy, then make sure you're doing his will. Ask him, come and live on the inside of me. I want to do your will. I want to be engaged to you. I want to marry you. I don't want to be contaminated by these things. I don't want to have any other gods before you. I don't want to be decorating my house when you come. My temple, or decorating my temple, right? I want to be about your business. I want to go do your work. I want to lay my own interests aside like you did and be your disciple and do your work, Lord. If that's your heart, if that's what you want, ask him. Jesus, come live on the inside of me. Show me the way. 
Help me to follow you and none other. Love you and praise you. Give you all the glory. Thank you. Come. Come. I hope I ministered to you today. I hope you don't take Easter lightly anymore. Jesus went to hell for three days. Think of it. So you could have eternal life. And the enemy came with Easter bunnies and Easter eggs to try to fool you. And he fooled you. And that's so sad. That's so sad. Jesus is crying for you. Come on. Don't be fooled. Pay attention. The time is almost here. He said, if you heed my voice, I'll live on the inside of you. How are you going to hear his voice if you're not asking him what he's saying? Don't depend on a man. You're not going to be able to blame it on a man that day. Well, my pastor said this. No. Jesus will come and live on the inside of you and teach you. Let him love you. Be there for him. Be a disciple. Give up your own interests and follow.